magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. It is Friday, October 21st and trending this hour, McDonald's adult happy meals. You know, they're being sold for a limited time and right now people are selling them. One seller has them listed on eBay for $300,000. One eBay seller is asking $25,000 for an unopened Happy Meal toy. Also wants the winning bidder to cover the $6.10 of shipping costs. Also trending, Mammoth Cave, the world's largest cave, is getting bigger. According to the National Park Service, the explorers of the cave have mapped out an additional six miles of cave through a network of passages underground. And finally trending, Andy Dick, the comedian, was arrested again for felony residential burglary. It is seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall Casey on 93 WIBC, and we start off the show today with Lai... McLierson. He's at it again. President Walnut. He did it again. Okay, this is um, this is uh, I, I would use the term disturbing trend, but we're way past the disturbing trend because this lie that yeah. he is telling mm-hmm. is so easily disprovable. And um, I was talking with my dad last night about this because my dad was a trained federal investigator mm-hmm. for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so he dealt with some of the greatest Liars in the history of lying. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about why Biden keeps telling these lies that we're about to talk about. And he had a great point. He said, look, a big part of this is it's not so much that he's lost his marbles. I mean, he has. But for so many years, and especially in the pre-internet era, I mean, you got to remember, Biden is, was a senator when Nixon mm-hmm. was around, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're talking for, you know, whatever, the mid-70s, the internet became hyper-prevalent in the late 90s. So basically, 25 years, he could say whatever he wanted at these stump events, you know, campaign rallies, meet and greets. And other than the local paper or radio or TV station. Going to a library and looking it up on microfish. There, there was no one to hold him accountable. There was no sharing, really, of ideas on, mm-hmm. a, on a grand scale. And so you start telling these things so often that either you just are such a habitual liar that you, uh, you, just, you just don't even think twice about telling it, and it hasn't dawned on him or he's not capable anymore of, of realizing that this is the internet era where everything is provable or disprovable for the most part. Or, you know, it could also be, and I was thinking about this last night, like I think O.J. Simpson has convinced himself he didn't do it. Like mm-hmm. he's told himself and told the public and told in interviews so many times he didn't do it. He might be able to actually pass a lie detector test on whether he did it or not. And he's this, convinced himself. And this may be the same thing with Biden. So what we're talking about here, let's... I'm going to let's can we play the clip first yeah. and then we're going to go into it. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. My grandfather, Finney Grimms, can't be really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would. By the way, he's an all-American football player, John, in Santa Clara. OK, <laughs> so what he said there and because as with everything with him, it's almost impossible to delineate 
what he's saying, but he was talking about his grandfather. His maternal grandfather. Yes, whose name was Ambrose Joseph Finnegan. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Ambrose Joseph Finnegan was an ad salesman throughout his life. Born in 1884 and died in 1957. He 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 was born and he died in Pennsylvania. And uh, he has told this story for years about his grandfather supposedly being this all-American football player. Yeah. So his grandfather may or may not, it is still not clear because if you search the records at Santa Clara, which is obviously on the West Coast, he did apparently, his grandfather was out in Santa Clara or the West Coast at some point, may or may not have actually gone (laughs) to Santa Clara for college. Mm -hmm. It's unclear because of the Santa Clara database and the American thinker did a phenomenal piece on this back in July because he's been telling this lie forever Mm -hmm. that the Santa Clara database, if you put that name, Ambrose Finnegan, of any year into the Santa Clara database, you will get, and this is the quote, no directory entries were found that match your search. Please please try using broader search criteria. There is or was a link in the Santa Clara magazine from 1901 that said that it had a great that has a ledger listing grades of students. And the name Ambrose Finnegan mm-hmm. is in there, and he was near the bottom of his class. Okay. So we don't even know if it's the same guy. The record is not matching the database. That and that's that's the best case scenario. There is nothing that leads people to believe that at any point this guy played football, much less was an all-American, mm-hmm. because and, and the American thinker makes a great point. In the early 1900s, football kind of became a prevalent sport in the late 1800s. It was like the 1860s is when it was originated. And then by the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was becoming a popular sport in America. However, because half the damn country still hadn't been founded, or if it had been founded, it was wilderness whatever. In the late 1800s, early 1900s, Almost all of the All-Americans were Ivy Leaguers or schools on the East Coast Mm -hmm. because that's where, or maybe one or two in the Midwest, because that's where the majority of the media was. Nobody saw people out in Santa Clara play football. (laughs) So at best, Joe Biden's maternal grandfather Mm -hmm. might have gone to Santa Clara for a brief period of time and was near the bottom of his class. That's a best case scenario. There's no proof he played football. There's certainly no proof he was an All-American. There's no way you accidentally confuse these things. He he is just lying about something that is so easily disprovable. Santa Clara's first All-American was in 1963. Yes! (laughs) So I w- can we play the Joe Biden clip again? And then I would like to share with you where what I think he's doing. Okay. Okay, so here's here's Joe Biden again. My grandfather, Finnegan, can't be really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would. By the way, he's an All-American football player, John, in Santa Clara. <laughs> okay. So, we, so let's be clear. We both agree. He goes out of his way. To mention that he was right. an All-American. Right. His grandpa was proud of him. End of story. Plausible. Right. Sure he was. Grandson become president. Right. Yeah. I'm proud of you. But no, he has to go on and mention that his grandfather is an American 
All-American, yeah, right? right. So this is uh, from George Costanza, of course, <laughs> where he's getting this from. The uh, actor that played Jesus made some odd choices. Nope. That's not, that's not right, Kevin. That's okay. You know the scene I'm talking about. It's not a lie if you believe it to be true. It's not a lie if you believe it to be true. And just like you said when we opened the show... He's convinced himself of this story over years of telling it. I mean, the, the and he's done he's done so many of these because you know the thing with the Amtrak story, which is just physically impossible of how many times he rode the Amtrak train. And I think what it is is that he was so used to just saying these things for all these years, mm-hmm. and the only people there were local media, paper, radio, Nobody TV. Nobody could call him on it. Right, and, and even those who could weren't going to do it because, well, he's a U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know, he's a vice president. And it's like... Why would he lie? Exactly. And so the guy is a habitual pathological liar. I don't think this is that he lost his marbles. This is, he he is genuinely trying to sell to you a blatant lie that his grand and it's meaningless. Like it doesn't change anybody's opinion on anything. It's the same thing like with the Amtrak stuff. Mm-hmm. How many times you rode the Amtrak train? No person is going to vote for you or against you based on how many times you rode the stupid train in Delaware and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Nobody's going to vote for you or against you based on whether your gr- grandfather 120 years ago was an all-American. Like it's just it, uh, All right. So he, can we take a break? Because there's more, just more ridiculousness. There's more from his trip to Pennsylvania, and that's coming up from 93 WIBC. So President Walnut was in Pittsburgh, and he was there touting the infrastructure bill in front of the Fern Hollow Bridge that was being replaced. The bridge collapsed last year. While he was there, Biden thanked Fetterman for running. He said that he would make his remarks brief for the sake of the lieutenant governor. He also went on to thank Fetterman's wife and said, Giselle, you're going to be great, great lady in the Senate. Which that's very odd. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and Fetter, so Fetterman, that's the first time I've ever seen him not in a hoodie mm-hmm. and shorts and the suit. I mean, everybody's posting these pictures of him in a suit. Yeah. Was not, what do they, what do they say? Very, uh, very flattering mm-hmm. for him. I mean, normally men look better in suits and he is one of the few people that was like, I now see why you wear the hoodie and shorts all the time because you look markedly better in the hoodie and shorts than you do in a suit. Reporters tried to ask Fetterman something and his wife stepped in and said, no, no, we're just here to celebrate today. So she's already playing defense for the guy who's not even in the Senate yet. And again, it keeps coming back to, and we talked about, obviously, last segment, it was all about Joe Biden once again lying about who his grandfather was and what he did and all those sort of things. Um, But think about this. So you have a guy that that is running for United States Senate, and we'll get to it later, Oz Mm -hmm. and Fetterman are now tied. Mm -hmm. Gee, where did you hear that one? And that was going to (laughs) happen. But you would think, okay, this event, the president's here. There's this event that infrastructure was bettered in our state. He clearly is here because he wants to show off you as the U.S. Senate candidate. And the wife is stepping in going, no, 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 no questions. Right. Thank you very much. We're just here to celebrate. I just thought it was very odd that Biden said, and Giselle, you're going to be a great, 
great lady in the Senate. She's not running, by the way. But let's continue on with round two of what Joe Biden said while he was in Pennsylvania. Okay, so I need you to decipher this, Casey, yeah. um, because I am clearly a very biased, <laughs> radical, right-wing, uh, semi-fascist, democracy-hating, whatever else they say about me these days. So I need somebody fair to decipher this. Now, okay. I'm fairly certain he was talking about Pennsylvania's other senator, Bob Casey, Mm -hmm. who is a Democrat. Other than that, I have no idea what in the world he's saying. Go. And Bobby, I promised you, he'd been on my back to get this done for since I got elected president. Don't forget the lockjaw. So I just think, I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but so long as I I couldn't say no. So uh, we get the money for the lock project done. I think we should call it Casey's lock. I don't know. Uh, But uh, Bobby, you, you have been... For a Scranton guy to worry about the locks in this side, anyway. I mean, I get he's talking about this infrastructure project, mm-hmm. but let's play the game. Does this seem like how a normal person, like, wouldn't you say, wow, this was a vital infrastructure project to, you know, Pennsylvania. Senator Bob Casey is here. Mm-hmm. He was really a leader on this. We want to thank every member of the U.S. Congress who voted for this infrastructure package, which is allowing this to be placed. And again, this is why we need Democrat leadership from Pennsylvania, because we need a partner with Bob Casey. I mean, I just made that up off the top of my head. I literally literally just made that up off the top of my head compared to what I just said to this. And Bobby, I promised you, he'd been on my back to get this done for since I got elected president. Don't forget the lockjaw. So I just think, I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but so long as I, I couldn't say no. So uh, if we get the money for the lock project done, I think we should call it Casey's Lock. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, okay. uh, but uh, Bobby, you, you have been... For a Scranton guy to worry about the locks in this side, anyway. Bobby, you old dog. You know you. who? You know who he sounds like. <laughs> you. Have you ever seen the movie Caddyshack? Yes. Remember at the end yes. where Judge Smales goes and goes Spalding. This calls for the old Billy Baru, and he starts talking <laughs> to the putter. But instead of Billy, it's Bobby. Like it's that's exactly how he sounds. Okay, so Biden claims that he grew up with Bob Casey in Scranton. <laughs> the only problem is the Biden family left Scranton in 1953, seven years. Before Casey was even born. And Bob, you're right, right, right. Bob Casey's like markedly younger than Joe Biden. He's like, this is my best friend, Bobby. We grew up together, even though you weren't born until 1960. All right. So then <laughs> we saved the best for last. Biden, yeah. Biden attempts to talk about how much the infrastructure bill mm-hmm. cost. And tell me after you hear this, he does not sound like a little kid doing big, trying to do big numbers. It's infrastructure decade. A headline on my watch. Well, the help of your members of Congress here today, I signed into law a once-in-a-generation investment in roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more. Over a billion two hundred, a trillion two hundred billion dollars. <laughs> it's called the bipartisan infrastructure. Okay, law. okay. Can you go back and play like the final ten <laughs> seconds of that, Kevin? <laughs> Because tell me this is not does not sound like a little kid when you were three, four, five years old going, I got infinity, virginity, quadrinity <laughs> dollars. Tell me that. Generation investment in roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. A billion. It's called a the bipartisan infrastructure. Bazillion dollars. That's why he thinks the economy is doing so well, Rob. It's rootin' tootin' fantastic. <laughs> The GDP is a, is up a kajillion dollars. We added 17 bazillion jobs last month. <laughs> turns out, turns out the president 
can't count. And you'd think that would have come up before, but it just hasn't. I got a gajillion, quadrillion. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you have. I got a gajillion, quadrillion dollars. <laughs> this is the guy leading our country. Fantastic. Makes you feel good on a Friday, doesn't it? It's 927 with Kendall and Casey. Good morning. So yesterday, the CDC voted for adding the COVID-19 vaccine to the CDC's child and adolescent immunization schedule. The committee voted 15 to 0 in favor of adding the vaccine to the schedule. Now, the schedule serves as a recommendation regarding vaccines. Some schools use that as guidelines for their required vaccinations to enter school. Okay, so here is the colossal problem with this. And of course, there's many, but the main one is there will be states mm-hmm. who will now add this to the list of things your kid is required to be vaccinated for in order to attend public school. Yeah. Obviously, there's you know several things that have been, for the most part, highly researched, vetted. Kids aren't going to grow a third eye if you have it. You have to have that in order to go to, to public school. Okay. Different people have different views about that, but I think by and large society has accepted that those vaccinations are reasonable to ask for. They are now going to incorporate this shot in which there is still so much unknown about it. Mm -hmm. And there is at least some evidence that in some children, it is having a very negative effect on them. And despite the fact that COVID has minimal, if any, damage to most younger younger people, period, much less children, mm-hmm. they certain states will likely adopt this that will force your kid into having to get this vaccination in order to attend public school. Yeah, more than a dozen states currently follow the CDC's guidelines to set their vaccination requirements for schools. They include Vermont, Massachusetts, Virginia, Tennessee, New Jersey, Ohio. So... If you don't want this requirement, we need to let our reps know that we're not in favor of it. You got to call them. You got to email them. You got to send them a letter and say, "Uh-uh, not in Indiana." Well, and here and here's the problem is, the, and you want to talk about you know, look, the country is rapidly breaking into sections based on the liberties and freedoms that each state government believes you deserve as a citizen. Mm-hmm. I've said this for a long time. And I'm not in any way advocating for violence or what happened 150 years ago. I'm not any of that. Okay, let's get that out there. But the country is separating in a similar fashion the way it did all those years ago over much different topics. And I hope and I pray it never comes to violence like it did then. But there is no way that you can square what's going on in Florida where you lived and mm-hmm. saw the liberties and freedoms afforded there versus, say, a California or New York. They're not, I mean, there's just every day it gets more and more different. And I'm not sure, and we've said this many times, how you square those two states going forward and how long term with the very different interpretation of liberties and freedoms that citizens should be afforded, that long term, how these two states, mega states, in the case of Florida, you know, California or New York, are going to coexist. Yeah, there are a lot of vaccines that you know when you go to enter your child into school, they have to have before they can go to school. Polio, measles, diptet. I mean, these vaccinations have been around for 50 plus years. They are proven. 
the COVID vaccine, the research has been called into question. And a lot of parents are very concerned about this. Ron DeSantis, as you'd mentioned in Florida, he's having none of it. There's been a lot of questions uh, to our office about uh, the CDC protect, uh, potentially adding COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule. And I know a lot of parents are concerned about that because if that's on the immunization schedule, the fear is that schools could potentially mandate your child to get a COVID shot, even if that's not something that you want to do. So I just want to let everyone be clear, you know, as long as I'm around and as long as I'm kicking and screaming, uh, there will be no COVID shot mandates for your kids. That is your decision. That is your decision to make as a parent. Uh, these are our new shots. I get a kick out of when people kind of compare it to MMR and stuff, things that have been around for decades and decades. Uh, so parents, by and large, most parents in Florida have opted against uh, doing these booster shots uh, for their, particularly for the young kids. The Surgeon General of Florida does not recommend this for young kids, for kids under, under 18. Uh, and basically his reason for that, there's not really been a proven benefit for that. I mean, we can get into some of the potential side effects. You don't even really need to do that. Not been a proven benefit. But it's a free state. Parents can make the other decision if that's what they want. The important thing is, is that school districts are not mandating this choice. Okay, and so here is the problem here in Indiana. Our state is governed by a radical liberal in Eric Holcomb. I don't care what letter is next to the guy's name. When you close tens of thousands of businesses, when you put a million people out of work, when you try to put somebody in jail for not wearing a mask, when you have a VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad and let him write part of the police reform bill, you are a radical liberal. And how many times did we see Lockdown McGee go on statewide television and talk about he how he trusts the science? Now, I wrote him a very nice letter and said, what was the science you were trusting? And his spokesperson said, quote, it would not serve Hoosiers well to give us that answer. Mm -hmm. But I heard the CDC reference time and time and time again. And let's not forget the uh, state health commissioner, gynecologist, Dr. Box. And, you know, you remember her. She's the one who, uh, after she knew she'd gone to her kid's wedding without wearing a mask, went on television and finger wagged at you about not wearing a mask. You remember her, right? Hypocrite health commissioner, Mm -hmm. Dr. Box, gynecologist. These people, because they are so radically left, will probably have no problem adopting these recommendations and our supposed Republican legislature because they are gutless cowards and are totally petrified to stand up to Holcomb because they don't want to end up like John Jacob or Kurt Nicely or Curtis Hill are going to sit there with their thumb up their backside and go, well, somebody really should do something about this. Yeah, COVID threatening to older people and those who are compromised. We know that. So why are they adding it for children? We don't even require a flu shot for children to go to school. So if if you're not in favor of this, my recommendation to you is let your representatives know how you feel. And if you think we're overreacting, look at where Ron DeSantis was. Look at where some of these other governors have already been out saying, no way, no how this isn't happening. Where is Lockdown McGee? Where is Dr. Box gynecologist? They are nowhere to be found. As usual, he's probably hanging out with some other radical elitist leftist organization. Probably in Switzerland. He's probably sucking up for more (laughs) foreign jobs to come to the state of Indiana or trying to buy up more farmland to benefit his donor buddies. Um, Where is he? 
What if if the answer is no, we're not doing this in Indiana, and this will not happen, this will not stand. Tell where us where is Eric Holcomb? Yeah, let us know. Let's move to Georgia. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC at nine forty. Not literally moving to Georgia, but we're going to talk about what's going on in Georgia. Their early midterm voting has surpassed the twenty twenty presidential election records, and that was just on their second day of early voting. So I would like to think that they can't wait to cast a vote against Stacey Abrams. So this is very interesting because, number one, we were told that the Georgia voting law changes Mm -hmm. that were enacted after the creative jelly bean counting that took place in Georgia in 2020. And by the way, for all you people who say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist and Trump's a conspiracy theorist, if there was nothing wrong with the Georgia voting laws and the way voting took place in Georgia in 2020, why did they make wholesale changes? If nothing wrong happened, if you really believe, you know, these people, the governor, the secretary said, no, nothing happened here. Then why did the legislature come in and why did the governor sign those new changes if there was nothing wrong that took place with voting in Georgia in 2020? That's the first part. But we were told, well, this is against black people and this is designed to keep people from voting and this will limit who can go to the polls. Record numbers, Casey. Mm -hmm. They enacted these new restrictions which say you have to prove basically who you are and we're we're not going to have mass mail-in unaccountable voting and not anybody's going to be able to just pick things up in a drop box and you got to actually like you know if you're going to if you're going to absentee vote there are rules around that record voting casey no one is who should be voting has been denied the right to vote there you know you know the media is looking for one minority or woman or transgender or whoever who tries to go vote and gets denied a vote. You know that would be the lead story in every major media organization in America. You don't see it because it isn't happening. Because all Georgia did, because there was serious problems with voting in Georgia that took place in 2020, which is why they changed the law, mm-hmm. they have now fixed that so that it is still very easy to vote if you are a legal citizen who is supposed to be voting. Right. That's all they did. And you get one. And you get one vote. <laughs> so their Senate race is going to be really critical in deciding Washington's balance of power. But I'm really interested in the governor's race down there because I just cannot fathom somebody voting for Stacey Abrams. This is a woman who claimed that fetal heartbeats are a manufactured sound. She's the on-demand abortion lady up to live birth. She's got this weird relationship with children. People see it. It keeps getting weirder. She appears to suggest that abortions are a way to fight inflation. So just keep being weird and then lose. Well, she is a person that they made, uh, you know, a cause du jour, the mm-hmm. celebrity of the moment. And it's just like AOC. We're starting to see it now with AOC, where these people recognize she's just the same as most of these other Democrats. It's why they're coming to her town halls and yelling at her, because she's voting for the same warmongering that the Democrats have always, you know, voted for. And, and Stacey Abrams, same thing. You know, she, if you prop someone up, and you make them look like a million dollars, then, oh my gosh, what a rock star. This is amazing. It's only when a record company puts all their weight and might behind some artist. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for people to realize this person sucks. Their it's music stinks. Spoon-fed music Exa- happens all the time. Exactly. They even made you believe Millie Vanilli was good for a while. <laughs> it's what, when you have unlimited 
media access and attention fond over you that in the abstract, oh, Stacey Abrams, boy, she's got just throngs of people. No, the actual people that vote know she's a moron and a very dangerous person. But what is also interesting is, do you believe, because there's, as you said, record turnout in Georgia, mm-hmm. that record numbers of people are showing up to vote for Raphael Warnock. Mm. Because we clearly know the polling shows uh, uh, Stacey Abrams is done, right? She may lose by double digits before it's all said and done. So the only race in question in Georgia is the U.S. Senate race. And what have I told you, Casey? There's going to be throngs of people Mm -hmm. who the the pollsters are not going to find, who they don't know who to get, who many times don't vote, who are going to show up to vote for Herschel Walker, because you know what they remember Herschel Walker doing? Beating the crap out of and running over people as a Georgia bulldog. bulldog. Yeah. And so you can either believe there's record numbers of people showing up for Herschel Walker or Raphael Warnock. Right. They're just so excited for Warnock. No, they're not. They're showing up for Herschel Walker. He's leading, by the way, by six points among Hispanic voters, which is really interesting that a lot of the Hispanic voters are turning to the Republican Party. They're really frustrated with uh, what the Democrats are doing, destroying their culture, which is built on God, family, and patriotism. And here's what's also interesting about the Herschel Walker race, because you mentioned the Hispanics, where Mm -hmm. it's basically unheard of for a Republican to be that far ahead amongst Hispanic voters. But what is really interesting about that is in the same poll, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did the poll. They said 47.4% of Hispanics said they'd vote for Walker, 41.4% said Warnock. That is not happening down the ballot. Down the Overall, in Georgia, Hispanics still favor Democrats. There, what? Oh, I guess there's something about Herschel Walker. Gee, what would that something be? You know what? Hispanic people like football too, Casey. I'm <laughs> telling you, people are going to, this is going to be the one on election day where people are going to go, wow, we really missed that one. Because it's the same sort of voter that voted for Donald Trump that the pollster didn't know how to find. And I would not be surprised if Herschel Walker, because in Georgia they have, if you don't get 50%, they have a runoff. If neither candidate gets 50%, then they have a, a, a runoff, which is what happened last time. I would not be surprised if Herschel Walker gets 50% of the vote. Okay, so we started the show in Pennsylvania, and we're going to head back there and talk about what's going on with Fetterman and Dr. Oz, and also some news with the actor Kevin Spacey. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. Dr. Oz has turned the Senate election into a real race in Pennsylvania. Oz has now caught up to Fetterman. This is an insider advantage Fox 29 poll that shows that Dr. Oz has gained on Fetterman in the Senate race. And it's now a dead heat. This is a pretty small polling size, but goes to what you've been saying all along, that this is going to happen. Yeah, it fits the trend, right? And it's just one poll, and every poll is but a snapshot of a moment in time. But mm-hmm. it's just like putting together, you know, a uh, you know a cartoon book where you, if you take enough pictures, then you get a moving you know, Stick man? character. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the trend has been, especially over the past month, that mm-hmm. Oz has rapidly been closing in on Fetterman. And you know, we've been saying for a very long time that Republicans will very likely end up with 52 st- seats, the Democrats with 48. Rick Scott, who's the head of the Republican Senate election uh, group, whatever, I forget what the actual name of it is, he's a senator from Florida, came out yesterday and said they could get 53, 54, 55. 
Now, that's highly ambitious because he's talking about like Washington, which is amazingly in play, uh, Colorado, which is in play, New Hampshire is in play. I still don't think it's likely those are going to go for the Republican. But in all the swing states that were legitimately swing states, you know, where you've got Georgia, Nevada, Mm -hmm. uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, in the three Republican holds where a month ago the media was trying to make you to believe, well, the Republicans might as well just save themselves the embarrassment, not even run a candidate. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and hand it over. It, they're going to hold in Ohio. They're going to hold in Wisconsin. And it looks like, and this is amazing because a Dr. Oz is about as bad of a candidate as you could possibly nominate. They're going to probably hold that in Pennsylvania. Now, the one thing in Pennsylvania that you got to be ready for is there is Philadelphia. And it is very likely, given the track record of voting in Philadelphia, that you will see some really interesting things on election night happen in Philadelphia. So we'll see. The Republicans are not exactly known to be fighters when it comes to creative jelly bean counting taking place, a la 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, the Supreme Court has said you can't do the mass mail-in unaccountable voting like they let happen in 2020, and they put some restrictions on having to fill out the ballot properly that they didn't have in 2020. But Philadelphia is... uh well, it's wild and wacky, Casey. So who who knows what's going to happen there? You know, this could be a thing where more people vote than are alive in Philadelphia. But at least right now, and it's nothing Oz has done. It's Fetterman is a total lunatic. Mm-hmm. Biden is a total lunatic. And people, the actual people who are voting are like, yeah, no thanks. We we want to hear from somebody who can actually speak and speak on their own and their wife isn't playing defense for them. And that could be part of the reason why Oz is starting to gain. There was this one Politico poll that showed Fetterman had 48 percent where Oz had 46. But that was within the two point margin of error. Well, well, so just, it's tied. Well, just like two months ago, it was like some ridiculous thing, like 11 or 12 points. Yeah. And what's interesting is in the governor's race is the exact opposite where you're seeing uh shapiro the democrat is going to probably cruise to re-election pennsylvania has over the years when the jelly beans are counted correctly been a swing state in mm-hmm. terms of they would sometimes have a republican governor and two democrat senators or a republican senator and a democrat senator like they do now and then switch back and forth with the governor's race this is an indictment on Fetterman. It's an indictment on Biden. It's an indictment on the Democrats. It is nothing the Republicans are doing. I cannot be clear enough about this, that in the vast majority of these races, it's nothing the Republicans have done because they don't stand for anything. They're not going to do anything for you. People are just like, can't have that. So. It's the Democrats losing it for them, for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, Absolutely. they're shooting themselves in the foot, so to speak. It is 9.55. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for being here on this Friday.